Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm good. Have you ever been scrolling through Twitter during the week and you just realise there's going to be news to talk about on Monday? I sometimes that happens where I'm like because we're all connected to this nerd world of like comic book stuff that you're just going through Twitter and I see a, a trailer or I see a news story and I think yeah I'm going to have to talk about that at some stage may, may I learn what that's about <laughs> um, but yeah this is a movie Monday shot where we cover all the week's movie news and all, and all that stuff um, but most importantly Sean for one time only I was thinking it might be nice if we gave a bit of a show to the nice patrons who support us because we put out a brand new episode yesterday for February on our Lazarus Pit, which is the show we do every single month, where we release one movie, uh, we do a movie review of a movie got in times gone by, and see if it still holds up, and our kind patrons decided to choose Spider-Man 3 for us this month, because they don't like us. Yeah, we've still not forgiven them fully for that, but we're, we're getting through it. The restraining order is in the post, but we did a, it's a 90 minute review and it's up there right now, if, if you're listening to this and you want to head on over there, um, we've got loads of movie reviews over there currently that you get access to all of them if you, if you go on to a certain tier. Exactly, and also another tier that I just want to mention by the way is the shout out level, um, which basically you just get for being a Patreon, um, and there's been a little like insurrection recently where everyone has funny names now um and so i just want to if if possible read them out we'll just do it we'll do it at the start this week um and just so people can get an idea of what i am contractually obligated to read every week <laughs> uh, so we we have our patrons we just decided pick a name 
It doesn't matter. Sean has to read it out. So people have just been fucking with him for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, big thank you goes out to Waffles. Insert something funny here. Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Raymond Amethyst Realms X Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Satron Paint Evanson, Sean Connor's a dummy, Sphere for a head, Jamieson. Oh, all right, okay, all right, hang on, go on, but I'm I'm offended. Go on, Do- Dominic Josiah, Florida Gal Green, Anna Hooks for Hands, Helmroos, uh, Little Dicky, I got carried away, McGrew, and Luke Hothoff podcast. <laughs> okay, and by the way, you're a dummy. Okay, whoever said that, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Look, Sean Jamieson said Connor's a dummy. That's all I can attest to, you know. <laughs> but Sean, enough of this Patreon talk and all this stuff, because we've got lots of comic book news to break down this week. Um, and th- that we just decided to change it up. We give the shouts at the start of the show. Sure, why not? But Sean, we're starting with pretty big news, and that is Superman. Because the news this week is that there will be a new Superman movie coming from J.J. Abrams that is reportedly a reboot. Sean, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, now when I heard a lot of the words in that sentence, my immediate thoughts was, ooh, uh, because you have new Superman movie, which we've not had a track record of good Superman movies so far. You have J.J. Abrams, who is a fine director. But mm. I don't want a Superman movie full of mystery boxes and Palpatine coming back. Yeah, I think Palpatine uh, should turn up somehow. <laughs> and But then Reboot was thrown in. Yeah. Like, is this a new Superman for the DCEU or is it like uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman? That it's just a I self-contained think- story. From everything that I've gathered from the reports, I think it's a self-contained story. Okay. Now and that's fine to do. That mm. that can absolutely work and that can be successful. Um but I think c- commit to having it be its own universe. Don't leave doors open to tie it into Aquaman and Wonder Woman and The Flash that'll eventually come out. Um, well I suppose I suppose Henry Cavill has been in or out for the last like five years, depending on who you ask, and I feel like he does like the character, so I think he does want to be in, but they don't want him to be in. It's it's very confusing. I don't know who is right and who is wrong, but like he's been signed on, and then he's been signed off, and I think this might be a clean slate. Like they just want to do a new Superman movie, and if you say this creates a whole host of other issues because now you have a Batman that is separate from the DCEU. And you have a Superman that is separate from the DCEU. But they're your two big money draws other than Wonder Woman. But she's stuck in the other universe with Justice League and the Flash and Aquaman that aren't in this universe. So it's it just it's gonna confuse people, I think. It is, and it's it like it doesn't it doesn't matter if it confuses people if it's a good movie, is what I would say. Um, like it, but it, it it's. I need them to just decide at the start. No, this is what this movie is going to be, or even this. If they want to do a couple of them, this what this series is going to be, and then stick to that. Don't change it halfway through. Don't try and rush getting Superman to meet Batman. Like I swear to God, if they end this first Superman movie with him like rocking up to Wayne Manor or something. <laughs> No, Batman rocks up with the kryptonite suit on. He's already ready to go. Oh, he's ready to go. And 
And it's a different Batman than Robert Pattinson <laughs> or Michael Keaton. It's George Clooney. George oh. Clooney's rocking back in in the kryptonite suit. That would be quite good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, they could also do a scenario where maybe Henry Cavill, he is... We did hear reports that he maybe had signed on for a minor contract, like not for his own movie, but coming back in some way. What if he's in the Flash movie and they do a thing where be true Flashpoint, where Flash is running around through time, there's a mix-up, and Henry Cavill could pass over the Superman mantle to somebody else, I suppose? If I had to pick a name, Michael B. Jordan, perhaps? Mike, oh, oh, that's a good one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We always think Michael B. Jordan for every role, but to be honest with you, I think he'd be pretty good as Superman. I think he'd be a great Superman, the man's a chameleon. Um, but there was talk <laughs> months ago of... Some DC executive came out and he said, the idea with Superman is that he will be a supporting role. He'll have cameos in other films, but he won't be, you know, the leading star. Uh, He won't have a solo film going forward. So maybe that's what Henry Cavill's role is. And then, like, in the DCEU, and then they just have this other avenue to tell cool Superman stories that don't really fit in with the, the universe that they've established. But would you make this Superman sad? I would make him a nice person first. Oh, that's a plot twist. Go on. Yeah, I think that would go a long way towards making people like Superman (laughs) as if he was likeable. Yeah, so what you're saying is make Superman, who's mostly regarded as a bit of a a nice man in comic books, make him a nice man in film and not have him just say Ted lines and they're all just sulking and sad. Yeah, and stop having him shouting directly into a camera. Like, I don't like stop that. Stop having him super. snap people's necks. If he could just break one less <laughs> neck per movie. Just one less. That's all we ask. We're not asking for to rip up trees here. Just one. One less per movie. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any problem with doing other Superman stories. But, no, like, I, 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 I just need him to firmly set out what that Superman universe is. They seem to be doing a good job of it with Robert Pattinson's The Batman, uh, or Mm. Matt Reeves' The Batman, um, that it's like, no, this is its own self-contained universe. Um, It's going to be three films. We have that planned out. Matt Reeves has it in his head. They need to do that for Superman. Because wouldn't it be cool if there was... and, And I know it's, you know, it's blasphemy to say it, in filmmaking nowadays but mm. if there was just a series of movies that weren't connected but were all excellent hmm how are we going to make money off that though because they're good movies is what i'm thinking oh so if they're good people will go see them that look i know it's out there mm. connor but yeah. i think quality <laughs> makes people go see things well, here's a really interesting thing that might get you perked up, Sean, is that mm-hmm. we kind of covered this slightly, but Michael B. Jordan and Warner Brothers discussed a black Superman pitch in 2019. Now, unfortunately, Michael B. Jordan, he came to them and said, wouldn't this be a cool concept? It's always the same white guy with black hair that has a little curl at the front. What about if we did something weird? Because, not weird, but like different because... He's perfect for the role in that regard. And so he pitched that all the way back in 2019. Now, he couldn't do it because he had a full schedule at the time. But now, when you're thinking about it, there's no other movies. He's had a lot of few he's had a few months off, maybe from filming whatever. Maybe his schedule has cleared up a little bit over the next year or two. Sean, 
I think we could be looking at a scenario where Michael B. Jordan, if he's already pitched it to them, he could be the front runner to take this mantle. I think it would be a very good... He's a very good actor. Um, mm. And I'd love to see him in, like, a... a, a like, it could be a career defining... And he's had several career defining roles already. I feel like all of his roles are fairly defining. But I know he, what you mean. Like, this, yeah, he's he's Superman. It's Superman. Like, being a Superman is equivalent to being, like, a Bond or a Batman. Like, there's this uh, lineage that comes with it, and you are now part of that. Mm. Um, I think that would be really good for him. Um, and in the terrible Fantastic Four movie, where he's Johnny Storm... He's like the best part of that movie as well. So, oh yeah, and he, and he can do well, I mean, hero he's the only as, bright spot. <laughs> he is. He is some kind of human torch, if you will. Um, yeah. But like, he can do hero stuff. He's not just Killmonger, for example. Um, I, and, and, and I think he has Superman has a bit of, um, I suppose, likability is a bit of a generic way to say it. But you know what I mean? It's charisma. Like, yeah, and I and a lot of people don't like Superman because oh he's boring or he's bland. But Superman has lasted this long. Like Superman has lasted since nineteen thirty seven or whatever because everyone wants to aspire to be good. Like he is just a good person, and we always come back to it on the show that if Captain America can work, Sp- uh, Superman can work in a film format. Like Captain America is a t- is if Superman doesn't work. Captain America should should also not work. Yeah, Captain America is objectively propaganda. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a super idealized view of what the American soldier could be. But he, when written in a certain way, you can view that completely differently. And people love Captain America, and he all he wants to do is good. And he's just like he's going to stand up for everybody, the little guy, and everyone. Just do the exact same thing, but do it for Superman. But don't make Superman unbeatable like do not have him be able to fly around the world and turn back time that is another issue because Captain America has some flaws as well that he can be harmed whereas with Superman you have a whole other level of he can be good but also he can't be harmed unless you have a small green rock that only comes from one area yeah which they wrote in because they needed a, like a, a weakness in Superman um, yeah. like I I I think there are, as you said, there are ways to do Superman to make it interesting stories that people can relate to this alien from another world. Um, and, like, the, the idea of having a black Superman as well, there's a whole host of other stories there that you can tell that you wouldn't have access to if it was just another white guy with black hair. Yeah. And, and I know, like, there's going to be, I mean, heaven forbid, Sean, but I think... If we, we noticed the outrage when he was cast as Johnny Storm, but if oh, Michael B. Yes. Jordan gets cast as Superman, the outrage would be, outra- would be, I think, quite a lot bigger. But for no reason, because, I mean, he's a great actor. They're comic book characters, as we do. We have talked about this before as well, that comic book characters are not set in stone. Who cares? They're, they're just drawings on a page that somebody's drawn like that. But you can... You give it to a different artist, they can draw the character completely different. It's about what the character does, not what they look like. Exactly, exactly. And actors can define characters to the point that they change the comics around them. Like, Wolverine is five foot three. Hugh Jackman is, I think, six two. 
And why did uh, nobody complain when he was cast? <laughs> it's, it, like, it, it's ridiculous. It's And it makes no sense. And all I can say is, give me your delicious tears, because I don't give a fuck <laughs> if you don't like it. Michael B. Jordan mm. is perfect for any role. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, Sean is Michael B. Jordan's agent and biggest fan. Yeah. So... Um, it's yeah, a so great combo they're doing a reboot of Superman which has a whole host of other things I think if they do this I think they will link it in with Robert Pattinson's Batman because I don't think they'll be able to resist there'll be there, and you'll also have a brand new Superman and a brand new Batman and I think there will be pressure on the studio to be like bring them together in a in a way that you could do it but it's I don't want it happening within the first three or four years. Like No, what I want is I want them to plan it that down the line, after maybe three movies each or something, or even two movies each, that they bring them together and we get World's Finest, where it's a detective story with Batman and yeah. Superman. And they're against the Joker and Lex Luthor. Actually, no, yeah. don't do Joker again. Not to, <laughs> yeah, no, dude, we can't. I can't handle another Joker. But no, like, I can't, please. Make them, like, they can be friends from the get-go. They don't have to hit each other. No, I think big suit kryptonite. Big, big suit, metal kryptonite. suit kryptonite punch him until he stops. How many guns are you putting on that suit? Um, okay, right. How many guns? Pattinson has two arms, so there's mm-hmm. a gun in each arm. Um, shoulder mounts. So rocket launcher to shoulder. And I want them to hold a very, very small pistol just within his teeth. But like, and he has to like stretch with his tongue to try and pull the trigger. Like it's awkward, but it's just an extra bit of firepower for him. That's it, and he'll do it because he's Batman. Because <laughs> he just loves shooting. He just loves it. <laughs> so they are doing another Superman reboot. We didn't really talk about J.J. Abrams. Um, he's very good at number ones. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Oh, the first one will be Grant. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is who comes in after him could be a bit of an issue. Because imagine really it's Ryan have- Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, we've got another gig for you. Now, there's a few mystery boxes, and I know you like them, Ryan. Um, so, no, JJ hasn't really figured out where he's going, but here you oh, are now. Look, there, there's a beloved one. character. You do whatever you want with them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk to you in a few months. Bye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they are doing another Superman movie, Sean. And speaking of Superman, we do have to move on to our next piece of news. and That is everyone's favourite director. Of Superman, that is Mr. Zack Snyder. Now, I was discussing a few weeks ago, well, we were discussing about the fact that we were not going to bring up Zack Snyder anymore until Justice League came out because there had been so much news. And then consistently this, every week since there has been Zack yeah, Snyder news. I have broken that rule. Yeah, he's well, he's on the media trail, to be fair, because he's promoting both Justice League and his new movie for Netflix, which is Army of the Dead, which is a, is a zombie film, but also a heist movie. And the trailer came out during the week, Sean, and we have both watched it. So yep. I was just wondering what your thoughts are on Army of the Dead. I'm conflicted because I think I might like this. <laughs> don't let your don't hate Zack Snyder you can dislike him for Justice League and Batman vs Superman but we can say he does other good things as well like he he has done other good movies he has he has indeed um, and he did Dawn of the Dead um, which, which I really like written by James Gunn just want to get that on the record mm-hmm. um, but this one looks very like have you ever played the game Dead Rising yes it's about a zombie outbreak that happens in a casino of all places. Um, and 
This looks fun and colourful and kind of like Zombieland in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, and I think that the plot here is that so Las Vegas gets taken. I don't know if it's worldwide. I, I get the impression that they've quarantined off Las Vegas, but that just means it's probably going to eventually get worldwide. Um, but they, Las Vegas has been taken over by zombies and Dave Batista is the lead actor and he's the he's the leader of this rebel group and they basically decide that they're going to commit a heist and steal 200 million dollars from one of the casinos in a like Ocean's Eleven style thing but yeah, instead of which, trying to defeat the security there's a million zombies everywhere which leads me to believe that it is localized to Vegas um, yeah. that you know there's some use for money in the outside world um because I like the idea, because I think this is a, a... It's in the same universe and timeline as Dawn of the Dead, from what I know. Okay. Um, and so I like the idea that, yeah, like they they found a cure for it, but there's these outbreaks every so often. And they happen. And I like the idea that, that's what, that they were waiting for an outbreak in Vegas to do this heist. Because, yeah, as you said, if the whole world is taken over by zombies, what is the point of having $200 million? What, why risk it? Because there's no point at all. Money means there's, nothing. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting setup for a film, isn't it? Like, let's do a Vegas heist, but also it's a zombie movie. Zack Snyder has said that he is do he has been thinking of this idea for ten years now, right? So they've but they're not just doing this movie shot; they also have prequels planned. So they have an Army of the Dead prequel coming out as well, um, and they've also I think have an anime style TV series planned also Ooh. around this. So they're they're having. They're, they're going all out with it. Like, they're not just doing this film. But the trailer itself, it's just a teaser trailer. But it kind of reveals, just lets you in on what kind of vibe you're getting. And it, as you said, it puts us in a strange position. Because we are kind of... We are ones to say maybe Zack Snyder doesn't understand Batman. But doesn't mean he doesn't understand filmmaking. Because 300 is great. And Dawn yep. of the Dead, also great. So, and this is, I think, right up his alley as, I mean... He Dawn the Dead. The opening five minutes of Dawn the Dead alone would make him qualify to do any other zombie movies. Doesn't really matter, but um, he he's doing this movie, and then you have Dave Bautista, who's one of our favorite actors, leading it, and he turned down Suicide Squad, appearing in Suicide Squad with James Gunn to do this film, which that to me tells me he, he's read the script and he knows it's cool because Dave Bautista, we've seen over the last few years, he only makes good choices. Exactly, he does what he works on the films he wants to work on because it would be so easy for him to do a load of direct to DVD fucking movies uh, and just be the big wrestler guy. But he actually picks roles that give him some range and give him something to to do to work towards. What did you um, think of the 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 World War Z zombie aspect of like the, all the zombies are just piled on top of each other? I love that in a zombie movie. I think that's okay. amazing because zombies would not care about that. They would just keep going towards the the end goal. Um, yeah, I think I think the bit in World War Z where they're all climbing the wall, but they're literally just like climbing on top of each other because none of them give a shit. I yeah, think that's they're slowly, really slowly piling up. Yeah, because it just adds a level of fear. Like, oh, we we have fear, but they have no fear, and so they just don't care. They have no feelings. 
Yeah, and I will say when I saw like the the titles flash up and it's very Suicide Squad. Like, very Suicide uh, Squad, yeah. Like pink and purple vapor wavy kind of style. But when you when you actually like cut into it, um like the footage that we see, it it looks like it's gorgeously shot. Yeah. It's it's not dark and smoky like Suicide Squad. Um and I wonder what tone it's going to take, whether it's going to be all action or is there going to be a healthy dose of comedy in this? It's all rated all across the board for everything. Like, Blood. for violence, for sex, for cursing. Like, it's all rated for every single one of them, which to me implies he's going all out here that I think I think it will have a comedic edge. Because even Dawn of the Dead, like, that has a comedic... There's some characters in there that are mad, but they're slightly amusing, so, I th- I think he's he's kind of proven that before that you can have this scenario where all these zombies are, but there could be some comedy, especially if these guys are doing a heist. Like they must be confident that they can get in and get out and do it. So if they're confident, that would lead me to be that mean that they're not really scared, which I think they'd then be like quipping. Maybe there's some quips. Maybe some guy is like with his arms crossed the back, like it's never gonna work. Or in English, please. Point oh, it's gonna be a healthy bit of that. It's, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Like but, um, I, I, I firmly think that there's gonna be. I don't think anyone is getting out of this alive. I just want to call it here now. I think. That's, oh yeah. I think that they're gonna have an opportunity to either take all the money or save the world, and I think they're gonna save the world. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I think yeah, I think it'll be a case of the money will be there, and David Batista will look at the money and know what'll happen is somebody will be in danger. There's somebody about to die, uh, either maybe a child or like a guy he didn't like or a, or a girl he didn't like, and and now they kind kind of likes them, and then they're about to get eaten by like fifty zombies, and to his left is all the money, and he has to make the decision to leave the money. <laughs> And he's, he he solidly thinks about it and he sighs. And the camera cuts and you think he's gone to the money. And then yeah. someone falls and he grabs him by the scruff of the neck. Oh, it's heroic. It's heroic. He's a hero. He's Drax. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the Army of the Dead trailer is out. I would recommend watching it. It looks fun. And so this is one of our first few positive things we've said about Mr. Snyder in a long time. Yeah, it, it, it's no longer uh, Zack Snyder. It's, ah, give it a crack, Snyder. <laughs> it is not that. Is I want to make that? it clear, I'm, that is I'm not the segment. trying to get a segment. segment going here. <laughs> no. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, Sean. Now, this is actually more DCEU mo- movie news, because they do now have a director for a DCEU movie that they originally had in the pipeline. So now they were... Once it's in the pipeline, it's kind of like, is it happening? Is it not happening? Well, now it's confirmed that Angel Manuel Soto will be directing a Blue Beetle DCEU movie, Sean. So Blue Beetle is officially, I think, on the go. The production is off the ground here. They have a director, they have a writer. It looks like Blue Beetle is the next movie out of the DCEU after Aquaman and Shazam and all that. Interesting. That, that that's that's a good choice. You've done a very good hero or zero on Blue Beetle in the past. Mm. Um, well, and he's a, I was sorry, going to say that there, there's two different Blue Beetles that they could now they can do Jamie Reyes or or Ted Cord. Now I don't know which one they're choosing, but I would assume it's Jamie Reyes, uh, who's like me- a Mexican American teenager. He's like he's from El Paso, 
and he fights crime using the battle armor of the the blue beetle but it the, the blue scarab attaches itself to him and he doesn't really know what's going on now probably the best encapsulation of jamie reyes is in young justice now you'd um, say young justice the whole season two is based around Blue Beetle and all the Beatles. Like, he's the driving force of the plot in that season. And so if you know nothing about Blue Beetle, I would definitely recommend that. I don't think they'll do Ted Cord, due to the fact that Ted Cord's mostly seen as, like, an older guy who's kind of like... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? As a historic hero? Like, he's like kind of just, yeah. like... From, He's from the olden days, and so he's he's kind of in his 40s or 50s where the younger heroes come to him to ask for advice, and he's like, oh yeah, I was there with your kid there. But I think they'll go Jamie Reyes if they're doing a DCEU movie, because they'll want to start young and like have a Spider-Man kind of vibe where he comes across the powers and we join him like trying to balance his school life and being a superhero. That would make a lot of sense. And then you can have interactions with the likes of Shazam and things like that. And it kind of makes sense. Um, yes, like outside of, of your course, heroic things. And him and Shazam could be friends. But like, you could do a situation where Shazam wants to be his friend. But Jamie Ray is like, dude, you're like way older than me. This is weird. <laughs> Why do you want to hang out? Yeah, exactly. Like that, that, that's interesting. I think that's a, a good character to pick. He's fairly, I would say... Uh, Underknown, unknown, underutilized, and not a lot of people know the story of Blue Beetle. I would say, like mm. in terms of general audience, um, so you have some creative liberties there as well. And then you, I suppose you have to walk the line of: Do you appeal to the core fan base of Blue Beetle, or do you make Blue Beetle accessible to as large a group of people as possible? I, I, but I think Blue Beetle falls into that really cool area of like Iron Man before the MCU. That he's, and this is no offense to Blue Beetle or Iron Man, but like he's a known character. But as you said, probably worldwide he's not that known. Where you could do his origin story, but you could change a few things for the plot if you feel like it, it'll be better suit to the character in the movie form. And I don't think like. I don't think a lot of people will complain. Like, if you do a movie of a of a of Batman, but you don't have his parents killed, I think a lot of people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on?" But I thought he was it, an orphan. <laughs> Where are the pearls? But if Blue Beetle comes out and you change his origin slightly to help with the movie, I don't think that will impact the viewing audience. I think if it's a good movie, you could get a whole host of new people coming to see this because it's a very unique character that nobody's seen before. And that means there's a blank slate that you can do as well as you want. Like Shazam had the same thing where it just came in and it's a character that's well known in in the comic book world. But to the mainstream audience, I don't think a lot of people knew a lot about Shazam. So you just have free reign to do whatever you want and make it... Make the movie that you want to make, so you're not kind of like stuck in one certain pattern. I get you, yeah. That like use the relative anonymity to your advantage. Which yeah. Is, like uh, the first phase of Marvel movies was all like C-list heroes that no one gave a shit about. Exactly, and I think if you do Blue Beetle right, you could make an awful lot of money with Blue Beetle. He could be your Spider-Man because they don't have like I think Shazam. Shazam is interesting because I don't think he's a teenager in my head. Like, he's a grown man. Yeah, so he's he, just that. He, cause he, the, yeah, we said this and we did a review of Shazam and you said, like, the kid playing Billy Badson 
and Zachary Levi, those those they're in two separate movies, like in their yeah, heads. I and I think if you do um a Peter Parker style thing where like he's in school and he's like he's he likes a girl or he likes a guy and he, he wants he wants to get to class, but then the scarab is like freaking out because there's a battle going on downtown, and he's like trying to balance all of his life. You could make a really cool, unique DC movie that I don't think we've seen in that universe anymore. Like since, um, actually, probably ever. Like they they never really start at like sixteen or seventeen in the DC movies. No, like our like even our Batman is like an older Batman. Um. Superman just kind of started Supermaning at age thirty. Uh, yeah. Like there, there's no. Um, as you say, there, there's no one of that age or with those that specific set of issues in life um, to deal with. Which maybe is what Marvel succeed a bit more in is that like you just have someone for every demographic in that. Yeah, and then you and then you have the cool bit where you bring them all together, and you've got you've got Jamie Reyes who's only seventeen, and he's like talking to he's talking to the Superman or the Batman of that universe, like or if he's talking to Aquaman, like Aquaman's kind of looking at him like who's this kid? Like Jason Momoa is going to tower over whoever they cast as Jamie Reyes, and you kind of get the sense of oh he's in over his head. You have a civil war scenario where he's yeah. just like excited to be there. That's it, and look, you, you don't want to be accused of copying either, but no, when but it works with the vibe. story and the character, yeah, the vibe uh, makes a lot of sense to include, and it just it goes a long way towards fleshing out the universe. Because with that, you like one of the things I liked about Shazam was you saw how kids reacted to superheroes being in that universe. That's really interesting to me. So imagine a whole group of teenagers who are probably like, "Oh, superheroes are lame." That's interesting to me. <laughs> Mm. And so I'm I'm really excited about this the Blue Beetle uh, film that they're going ahead with. Now that's not to say that it'll ever be seen like because this is part of the DCEU and I don't know if that'll last too much longer. But officially it is coming out in the DCEU. Now that could change and it'll just be coming out like the Superman or Robert Pattinson's Batman in a whole separate universe. But I'm really excited about this character getting some screen time. I think I think it could be really interesting to go down this route, and I think DC the DC could make a lot more money doing this than what they've been doing currently. So, and also, if you don't know anything about Blue Beetle, either listen to our Hero Zero, and um, you can also watch season two of Young Justice. Like that, w- that's probably a great showing of that character because I knew nothing about that character before the season as well. And at the end of it, I was kind of like, "Oh, he's really interesting. I want to know even more." And then I went mm-hmm. up reading on the character. Yeah, and then and then you discover this whole like wealth of previous stories. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so they are doing a Blue Beetle movie, Sean. But one other thing that they're doing, and I know you love this, is biopics of of singers or musicians. Do you remember yes. a certain movie called Bohemian Rhapsody a few years ago? I do indeed. It's swiftly followed by Rocketman. Rocketman. Now the year before we had the Greatest Showman. It felt like there was just a string of musically musical uh, movies, but like the last two were obviously based on specific people. They were doing a David Bowie movie. Madonna apparently is doing her own movie. But yeah. now, Sean, I have so- they're doing a biopic of someone that I think you're going to really like, and that is the director of The Greatest Showman has been called in. That is Michael Gracie, who directed that hit. He's going to be doing a Robbie Williams biopic film. Boom! What? That is 
That is too recent. <laughs> what? Who gives a shit about Robbie Williams? <laughs> are you sure? I'm Car- sure. So are, you're positive it's not Robin Williams, right? I'm, it's not Robin, it is Robbie Why? Williams. And it is a musical biopic. This is worthless. Why? How? <laughs> Who approved this? What? Is, he's an angel. What are you talking about? He's, he's, ah, oh, he hasn't, oh, is Robbie Williams still, what's he up to? What's he doing? <laughs> I think Robbie Williams, from everything I've seen, he seems like a very nice man, and he seems pretty chill, and I quite like that about him. I'm not, this is not a reflection on the man himself. I feel like we're, the angle we're coming from here is, there's a lot more musicians in between uh, Elton John and Robbie Williams that need biopics, I think. Absolutely. I, like... Maybe, like, maybe it's because um, it's it's so recent that that's why I think there's no need for it. But maybe there's people who don't remember, like, Take That and Robbie Williams. It, are they going to... They're going to have to put out casting announcements, Connor, for the, like, contributing members of Take That. Yes, who's playing Gary Barlow. Probably Gary Barlow, he looks the same. Isn't Gary Barlow still very successful? This, he it's is. The, it's the, if I was Gary, I'd be disgusted. <laughs> absolutely, because you're not... Like, you might as well make a Gary Barlow biopic at that point, I would say. <laughs> I read this and I thought, there's no way. Like, there's no way they, they, someone sat down and was like, right, we've done Elton John. We have David Bowie on the way. We've done Queen. So like we we've got Freddie. He he's he's pretty big. Who's just as big as Freddie? Oh, um, um uh, does anyone remember that song Angels? Who sang that? J- get a biopic on him. <laughs> I I can hear it. I can hear it. I, it's in my head. <laughs> oh Sean, there's just sometimes studios just get an idea and they're just going to do it, but. I feel like this might not have the success of those previous two films, even with the director of The Greatest Showman. No, I like, and like The Greatest Showman is grand. It's pretty good. Um, the the dude, the actual showman, P.T. Barnum, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a really bad dude in history. Like he's yeah, a shit. Hugh Jackman, the nicest man alive. The nicest man. He, the only thing he's guilty of is being monstrously charming, Connor. <laughs> they tricked us through song. I hate when people do that. So, are we going to get into like how how detailed is this going to be in Robbie Williams's life? So, they, 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 I have a, a bit of a quote from the director. If you'd like to hear it, okay. So, he's not the best singer or dancer. And yet, he managed to sell 80 million records worldwide. You can relate to the guy who doesn't see himself as having any extraordinary talent, even though, of course, he does. What he did have is the will, vision and confidence to say, I'm going to pursue my dream. For us as an audience, it's a window into the world of what what we just went for it. And if we just went for it and chased that impossible dream that many of us put to one side... Um, so <laughs> they also the said that Robbie's songs will be resung for the emotion of the of the moment in the soundtrack. The <laughs> Do you know what that for- is? They can't get the rights to the original songs. <laughs> the, the movie will be called Every Man, apparently, and and production will commence this summer. 
fuck me. <laughs> this is awful. There's so many other artists you could have picked to do biopics like on. It's Fleetwood Mac. Gary Barlow. Ray Charles. Jason Orange. <laughs> Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I don't know any more members to take that. <laughs> um, uh, oh, boys. Uh, Ronan Keaton. You could do one on him. You can't do Ronan. Yeah, That's you could. A, it's a different group. <laughs> it is, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like your ones were slightly more famous than mine. Yeah, but Bob Dylan, you could do. Yeah. Uh, well, they've done prob- Johnny Cash. They've done Ray. So, I mean... Once you move past them and you get to Elton John and you get to David Bowie and Freddie Mercury, next Rolling logical Stones, step, Roddy, Robbie Floyd. Williams. No, I just think that maybe. <laughs> like, has there, has there been one about the Beatles? Yeah, I think yesterday. Ah, right. Only yesterday. God, I thought no, you would have made that stop. sooner. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Ah. No, but, they, 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 I suppose that's kind of a biopic. No, it's not. But their songs are in it. It's Yeah, it's a romantic comedy. Which yeah. I don't think it is typical biopic territory. Not really, no. Um, so we're getting I, a I Robbie like, Williams biopic before a Beatles biopic. I feel like, don't say that out loud. I, what's happened here is they've looked at the success of those movies... And they've thought, we could do that. And Robbie Williams is like, I could do that. <laughs> do we have enough money to do that? Yeah, we have enough money yeah, to do that. Yeah, we have enough Let's money get to do that. I have a lot of home videos. <laughs> Who's going to play Robbie Williams? Um, who could you get? Michael B. Jordan? Oh, right. Michael B. Jordan would be good in the role, I must admit. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> what if... It, I hope they cast way older. Like, get Willem Dafoe to do it. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. James Franco. James Franco's in. Oh my god! What what if they get Gary Barlow to play Robbie Williams? <laughs> and, he, and he hates every second of it. And he's just like, "Wow, Gary, you're a shithead." And he's like saying those lines, but he's just a sick in his stomach. It's like, oh no, not he's me. He's doing the big breakup, and he's like, he's like pretending to be Robbie, looking at like another person playing himself. <laughs> It's ridiculous that this is happening and that they're... Is, is this just to release a new album? Is this an elaborate marketing campaign for a new album? I don't think so. I think it's an actual proper production. I hate this, Connor. <laughs> this is so dumb. I I know. I know it's so dumb. That's why I bring it to you, because I knew it would cheer you up. I d- I'm not sure it has. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do you want to move on? I think so. I, I think I'm out yeah. of insults that I can fling at a very successful pop singer who has more money than I will ever have. Honestly, God, I wanted to stress that he I'm sure he's a nice man. We're not slagging the man. We're just saying the idea that he gets a biopic before Aretha Franklin might be <laughs> a bit straight. <laughs> it, it, it's an odd choice. They definitely chose to do it. Uh, there actually, there is an Aretha Franklin biopic coming out. Thank God. It's, ca- it's called not. Respect. Which- it, it, you know what? This is being brought out the same date arrival in the box office. <laughs> Robbie, I think you're going to make it. It's, it's like Civil War against Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Robbie Williams is like, we need to take Franklin out. How the fuck are we going to take her out? She's too good. That biopic looks pretty... In- into- like, it looks pretty good, guys. What are we going to go see it myself. 
Yeah, I... <laughs> Um, so that is Robbie Williams. He is getting his own musical biopic to add to the to the famous ones of Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. I feel like every every singer I think of the last twenty years will get this idea, and then they will just do it. Yeah, or it'll be like Madonna and make their own. Because I think Bohemian Rhapsody won the Oscars as well. Like Robbie Malek won the Oscar and everything. So they look at that and they go, "Oh, I can get a movie about myself and win Oscars." Oh, that's great. Uh, look, look, he might get a BAFTA out of it. I don't know if he'll get an Oscar. <laughs> I hope Robbie gets a BAFTA. Let's keep you updated on this movie. But we're moving on, Sean, to another piece of comic book news. And this involves Miss Margot Robbie and Mr. James Gunn. And they are currently working on The Suicide Squad, which is coming out later this year, I think. And um, we haven't really seen much uh, trailer footage up until this point, but we, we've we heard a lot of rumours behind the scenes. But one thing is for sure, sure that is Margot Robbie is back to loving the character of Harley Quinn after playing her in Birds of Prey as well last year. And James Gunn, he was cur- he's working for DC now. Now, he's going back to Marvel to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but we have found out this week that Margot Robbie and James Gunn, there's a hint... There's a rumour they could be reuniting for a new Harley Quinn project in the future, Sean. My goodness. Mm. What's the source of this rumour? Is it just idle hearsay? James Good himself. Oh, right. (laughs) Someone said, uh, if he was working on... Someone asked him on Twitter, are you working on any other DC projects? And now James Good is one to be maybe a bit suspicious. He's obviously not going to reveal it all. Because he's probably locked in negotiations. But he does say that maybe just a little. He has. He said he had one toad still dipped into DC. And him and Margot had discussed doing a Harley Quinn. Uh, him working with her playing Harley Quinn in the future. And they just want to see what happens. Which I feel like gives me vibes that James Gunn wants to stay on at DC. Maybe after Volume 3. And I think him and Margot Robbie could definitely do a Harley Quinn film together. Oh, I think... I absolutely think that would be a, an amazing combo. Um, it's just a question of... Like, is there... Stu... This sounds really bad. Is there studio support for Harley Quinn after Birds of Prey did not as well as they hoped it would? But I don't think that's... I, like, I feel like that is a very studio thing to blame her because I know they were, they were looking for any reason to exactly. be like, a, a women a superhero movie, go away. But I, I feel like that's not the reason. That movie is really good. Like, well, not really, but like, it is good. Like, we went to see it and we did the review of it and I remember sitting there thinking, Shazam is way, way worse than this movie. <laughs> and that got like way more money, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so it's... It, it, it is a very studio thing to look, look to place blame anywhere else. Um, but I hope that if this project goes ahead, it comes out in an environment, first of all, where people can go see it. Because um, I think... Uh, but I think the branding of Birds of Prey didn't help it at all. Now, I think Birds of Prey, like Blue Beetle, is a very big name in comic book form, but they called it Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. But then after two weeks, do you remember, they changed the name to Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. But two weeks were lost at that stage. Yeah, so your opening weekend is gone. They should have leaned into Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn more because she was the most well-known, which made sense. Like, it was the introduction of the Birds of Prey and it was more her movie than it was theirs. So, 
even if you call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, I think from the outset you make more money. Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's where a Harley Quinn solo film will come in, but then you get into like do you address the Birds of Prey? Are they in it at all? Um, I think they could be in it. They could be in it. It could just be a Harley solo adventure. Um, but I think she works well with someone to bounce off of. And, for example, what about James Gunn? Like, if you've seen a poster, Harley Quinn, directed by James Gunn, and Margot Robbie starring as Harley Quinn, I think you would be very interested in seeing that film. Yeah, yeah. And I'm interested to see, like, where these characters end up after the Suicide Squad, because that could be very mm-hmm. telling as to who might crop up um, in the future. For for all we know, to be honest with you, that they could be blowing Margot Rob or like they could be blowing up Harley Quinn's head in Suicide Squad, or she could get killed, and James Gunn is just doing this to fuck with us. Oh, absolutely! Like he has said, no one is safe. Um, yeah, and it would be a ballsy move to just fucking explode Harley Quinn. <laughs> it would be. So yeah, w- would you be interested in a Harley Quinn based film directed by James Gunn? Do you think there's there's more stories to tell with her as a, a solo person or would, as you said, she, would she work better still in the team-ups with the Suicide Squad and maybe bring in maybe Batgirl? Maybe you do you, you do Gotham City Sirens kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I like the director and I like uh, Margot Robbie's version of Harley Quinn. So to put them both together, I'd be stupid not to want to watch that movie. Mm. Um I think there's always stories to tell. Like, there's how many years of comic books and TV shows with Harley Quinn featuring in them? You know, so there, yeah. there's a whole host of stories to tell. And, and I think Margot Robbie, like, she she started, we've always said, like, she <clears throat> set up her own production company and everything. Like, she wants to play this character, but she's not going to play it in a bad movie. So, like, if she, wor- if she works on this, it's going to be good and they're going to take the time to get this right before they just put it out. Especially because I think the Suicide Squad could be great. And if they're off the back of that, they're going to want to do spin-offs of all those characters. Like, if, yeah. if that is a success, they're going to take pick six of them who are still alive at the end and go, right. Because Peacemaker's already... Peacemaker with John Cena, he's already getting his own uh, series. So I think they'll see how the audience re- reacts to everyone else. And they're just going to give them all their own series or films. Yeah, I think that is... They'll see the fan favourites, and if they, if they do get killed off in Suicide Squad, there's no reason there can't be prequel films. <laughs> exactly. So, Sean, we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week with the big news, and that is the reveal of Spider-Man 3's title. Now, I know what you're thinking. Spider-Man 3, Cutter. We reviewed that we reviewed yesterday. <laughs> but this is a different Spider-Man 3. <laughs> And we've gotten not one, not two, not three, but four titles for it, Connor. Four titles for it. So there was a big, mass, there was a big thing uh, the other day about the fact that like Tom Holland and Zendaya were all revealing uh, false Spider-Man three titles that were all not right. Um, and everyone, my favorite was when Tom Holland first revealed it. Um, everyone, all the news sites were all just jumped on it immediately and they were like yeah. we've officially named it this and then Zendaya's uh, post came out and everyone was kind of like wait wait that's not right that's <laughs> oh, different no. and then Jacob <laughs> Batalan did slice. it it was Jacob Batalan's home slice it was one was phone home one was 
I have actually no... I, I, I forget all of them now because I just know the new one, which is No Way yeah, Home. Yeah, so we officially, after much uh, deliberation through the day, it was officially revealed that the Spider-Man 3 title will be No Way Home, Sean. Now, what are your thoughts behind this? What could it mean? There's, there's lots of questions leading after this. Yeah, so it, it, it could mean a lot of things. Last time we saw Spider-Man, he got his identity revealed. Um, and... Maybe it's it's an indication that there's no way back to, you know, the regular life that Peter Parker once had. Um, could be, with all of the casting news we've had, multiversal shenanigans. Um, and there's, there's like your, your home universe and you get trapped in another universe or something like that. Um, in, in, actually, there was a little like skit that they all did. Um, on Instagram and it was oh they gave us the wrong title again and then the camera pans out and it's a whiteboard um, with a bunch of joke name suggestions one of them is Homeworlds uh, ah, like suggested right. in it which does fit with like parallel dimensions and things like that that we've been discussing the last few months um, yeah leading into Doctor Strange 2 and all that and leading on from Division. yeah like it all seems to track that th- there will be a Altern- some kind of alternate universe in this movie. Um, the I also wanted to say the three titles there were Spider-Man Phone Home, Spider-Man Home Slice, and Spider-Man Home Wrecker. Um, and what's interesting is that the colour palette that the... And the sorry, this is absolute tinfoil hat theory, by the way. <laughs> uh, I was just about, you were like, what's interesting is about the tinfoil. I was like, oh, conspiracy theories, let's go. <laughs> so the colour palette that they all chose is... Spider-Man Phone Home is the colour palette of the Loki TV show. Spider-Man Home Slice is the colour palette of WandaVision. Uh, and Spider-Man Home Wrecker is the colour palette of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. Which, and how many of them, how many names were revealed? Three. Three. And how, then many, the f- how many corners in a triangle, Sean? Illuminati confirmed. Yeah. What shape has three sides? A cone. <laughs> What goes on, the, on your head? A cone. What happens when you're dumb? You join the Illuminati. Wait, what? Um, no Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's I, it's 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 a it's a very interesting way of revealing a title for a movie, um, and it fits with all of the Spider-Man titles roughly being called something to do with home. And uh, and do you think there could be a scenario here that maybe at the end of this, it's called No Way Home. Maybe it ends with Tom Holland stuck in Andrew Garfield's world, or he's stuck in Tobey Maguire's universe, or he's stuck. He's somewhere not in this uh, dimension. What if he's in the Sony universe? (laughs) He goes back and Venom is there, and he's just like, "Ew." Well, this is his last film in contract. I was actually going to move on to that. That this is Tom Holland's last um, contracted movie as Spider Man. So he revealed that he's doing the media tour with the Russo brothers for uh, his latest movie, Cherry. And so uh, during that, they asked him, like, what's going on with Spider-Man? And he, he revealed that this is his last movie, contractually, that he's obliged to do. Yeah, and if they, if they want him to come back, he absolutely will. Um, but at the minute, like, after this movie, he is legally done. Mm, which, but that doesn't guarantee that this is the end of him as Spider-Man, though. Not at all, not at all. But or, it, or it ends on a, like it doesn't end on a cliffhanger. But it is interesting, I think, that they're opening 
from what we're assuming, they're opening the door for multiple Spider-Men to exist at once. Mm. So you're saying that this one's called No Way Home. He's going around all the different dimensions. This is his last movie. Could we see a bit of Miles Morales pop up here and maybe take that mantle on in future films? It's that's what I was kind of thinking that it's maybe something we're building up to. Um, Mm. Because we also see there was um, set photos revealed, um, and because the internet is like this mental hive mind, people worked out that they're in the Sanctum Sanctorum which is Doctor Strange's base of operations. Yeah. Um, so th- that could be universe hopping stuff. And while they're gone, maybe, either Miles Morales comes to the MCU or Miles Morales was always in the MCU and then replaces Spider-Man out of like a sense of justice or something. Yeah, like you could do so much stuff. And especially because we've seen Spider-Verse exist already, that... The, f- the creation of this doesn't seem so far-fetched. Like, if you told me ten years ago they were going to attempt this, or even five years ago, I'd be like, that's never going to work. Not because it, they won't be good at it, but I feel like audiences would be like, what the fuck is going on? Why is there so many Spider-Men? I don't understand. Whereas, because we've already had Into the Spider-Verse that broke it down in an animation form, and if you loved Spider-Man, it's like, oh, there's all these Spider-Men, that's weird. It's already out there in the world so like when yeah. you do this again they're like oh it's real it's a live action version of Into the Spider-Verse do what like with the alternate titles do you think that is alternate timeline like suggests that you know the fact that there's multiple versions of the same thing that's yeah that's also a really interesting concept like they could all be doing this just to fuck with us but I feel like Marvel is very smart, as what I've noticed, is that they're always pushing this thing of like, oh, we didn't let Tom Holland see anybody else's takes. Yeah. Or we never let Tom Holland read the scripts, because they like to try and push the idea like, Tom Holland's an idiot, <laughs> which I feel like is a bit mean, because, but he does reveal some things, but I feel like they play off that, and they can use this to their advantage, like, oh, Tom revealed the wrong name, but... The MCU is known to trick people with trailers, trick people with reveals. They could easily be setting this up. Like, they probably have a media team of, like, 5,000 people. So, maybe one of them came up with the idea of, why don't we take advantage of the fact that everyone thinks Tom Holland's going to reveal something wrong? And we maybe misinform everyone. Because, like, a few weeks ago, there was a news story where he said, Oh, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are definitely not in Spider-Man 3. And my first thought was like, all right, Tom, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> because That's as of good course, they fucking showing a picture of you two holding a clapperboard. They, they change trailers every. So they don't do anything I don't take by accident. So if they're revealing all these titles, now this is tinpot conspiracy theories, but from previous experience and previous actions, we can only base off the fact that maybe there is something more to these names that they're revealing, or it could be as simple as they're revealing all this na- these names, as you said, because there's so many different worlds and dimensions, and like they're, they're just trying to show us the fact that like nothing is as it seems in this film. Yeah, and I suppose we'll, look, we'll find out in December... Um, that's when this is scheduled to come out um, but also we might get a trailer maybe what September October time do you think would you, would you reveal Tobin Maguire or Andrew Garfield in the trailer I, I don't want them to but it is a good way to drum up press isn't it 
Like I feel like you ended with like just a web. Like Tom Holland is looking through like a portal or something, and a web just comes through it. Yeah, or that would be great. Or I don't know, one of Doc Ock's tentacles from Spider Man Two, or something like a small little nod to it. But they could also do the Civil War thing, where Spider Man flips in at the end, except it's three Spider Men. <laughs> Hi guys, they all steal Captain America's shield and fight over it. They're <laughs> just pulling at it. Um, <laughs> I, I think you could do some real cool things but I don't want them to spoil it all before I go in as well which it, it's very much it's on the table that they could do that so I'm I'm just interested to see how they show the trailers because I feel like we're all like oh yeah they're definitely in it but I'm pretty sure it's safe to assume that surely these guys are going to pop up like they're all on set they're all in the cast it, it'd be very weird if they weren't it would, yeah, un- unless unless it's the absolute troll, and they just like pop <laughs> up in the, the credits. the biggest con job of all time. They're, or, they're, or they're like extras. They're just like oh, Andrew Garfield works at the local deli or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Sean, that's actually it for this week's movie Mondays. What? It was a packed week in terms of movie yeah. news this week. And um, big thanks to everyone for listening um thanks again to all our patrons we mentioned at the start sorry i'm just taking this out connor did you have anything else to say i no i just feel like that was real casual i feel like you sat back and just started doing that <laughs> just i give an air of nonchalance to the whole podcast uh, <laughs> you're I just always no anxious <laughs> <laughs> um but no thanks everyone for listening seriously we do really appreciate it um as we said again at the start, head over to Patreon if you want to hear us talk about the original Spider-Man 3. Um, hopefully the new one is slightly improved from that, not to give any spoilers away. Dear Lord, <laughs> hope so. No, no moody emo scenes this time, please. <laughs> no. um, yeah, honestly, honestly, re-watching it is just as bad. <laughs> it's just as bad, but we did it so you don't have to. You can just listen to us whinge about it. You can listen to me be very sick and whinge about it, by the way. Um, this is true, yes. And so that's linked to the Patreons down in the description. Also, there is the merch store, all of our social medias, um, and the email address here'sfriar underscore at outlook.com. But the most important thing, just tell one human being that we exist, please. Just just the one, please. And I think that's about it, Connor. I think that's about it. So I've been Connor Lawler. I have been Sean Meehan. I will see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.